Well, hello, God bless. Welcome back again to the Bible teaching channel of A Love Outreach. It is our Wednesday night live. Um, do let us know where you are watching from, who you are that is watching and where you're watching from, if you feel so inclined to do so. Welcome, Michael and Rachel Nelson, currently driving home from church, Calvary Chapel, Vineland. Amen. Good to have you with us here tonight. Be careful. Keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> well, tonight I'm going to do something a little bit different. I have been going through the book of Proverbs um, for a while and just kind of like on whatever day of the month it is doing that particular Proverbs for that month. If you're new to us and you haven't followed the Proverbs teachings, you can you can go on, you can find them on any podcast platform and you can find them uh you know, on YouTube as well. But anyway, um, since today is the 25th day of the month and I needed to record today's proverb, um, I decided to go ahead and just do it on the Wednesday Night Live thing. So if you are in a position where you can do so, in other words, you're not driving a car, you can open up your Bibles to uh, the book of Proverbs, chapter 25, and we are going to discuss our way through that chapter. Now, I say that we are going to discuss our way through that chapter because I have with me tonight, David, who you should see on your screen here, and uh, he's teaming up with me tonight. He's my son, my eldest son, and we're going to talk our way through the book of Proverbs. But also, like we like to do on Wednesday night, if you... Um, have any prayer request? Um, we'd love to pray with you. We want to leave it open for that. Uh, I just, like I said, I just thought, well, this would be a good time to um, kill two birds with one stone, though I really don't go around throwing stones at birds. But, um, you know, and get this proverb done and have um, a conversation around that. But, um, yeah, but we would like to pray for you. If you have anything you need prayer for or anything to help you in your spiritual growth, we'd love to do that as well. Gwen Halstead, thank you for being here. I assume you are still watching from Gettysburg. And uh, she says, hello, guys. So, David, you're there. If you want to yep. say hello, you're unmuted. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. Not... Not too far from you, actually, but uh, I'm in the <laughs> no. studio if you recognize this. <laughs> yeah, he's actually in my studio room, and I'm in another room, but we're in the same house. Uh, Gwen said, or no, Kevin, my, Kevin Sr. is on here, and he's watching from Gettysburg and says it is snowy Gettysburg. All right. Well, I tell you what, check this story out, right? We live in the desert, as many of you know, or some of you watching may not know, or some of you may not listen, listening may not know. But um, what was it? Monday, it was snowing in Scottsdale, North, North Scottsdale. And then not too far from us. Did you get flurries at your house, David? Yeah, got a few. In Apache Junction, which is about 20 minutes from us. We didn't get any at our house here. Um, but yeah, so we had snow here in the desert. Of course, none of it's going to stick on the ground, but we've been cold. We've been going through a real cold spell and real cold, like, like seriously cold. Like I even think some of you 
cold weather people would agree that we're getting in the like 29 out here overnight, 30 degrees over overnight. So it's cold and that's bone chilling to us. You know, they say we have thinner blood here because we live in the hotter states. Um, I believe it's true because I cannot take the cold anymore at all. Hey, Jay, Jay Halstead is watching as well. Good to have you here. So, yeah. So anyway, why don't we go ahead and jump on into the Proverbs tonight? Now, um, whether you know whether you know it or not, mo- the majority of the Proverbs were written by Hezekiah. And verse 1 here starts out talking about that. It says, these also are the Proverbs of Solomon. And if you've come in a little bit late, we are in Proverbs chapter 25. But these also are the Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied. So, as I've mentioned before, um, Solomon got his wisdom from God. Uh, It was a gift that God gave to Solomon. So, very wise man, specifically because he got all this wisdom and knowledge from God. And the Proverbs are something that is very good just to apply to your everyday life. Um, And that's why I encourage people um, to read a proverb a day. Uh, If you can make a habit of that, you read a proverb a day and uh, you'll get through it in 31 days. Uh, And then what I would do is just keep reading it. You know, I've been reading this book for the past, I don't know, 36, 37 years, whatever it is. It was one of the first books I read in the Bible. And I still find it amazing. I was talking with a buddy of mine on the phone earlier today about this subject, just how, you know, you read it and you get something out of it, even though you've read it several times in the past, you get something different out of it. And we were talking about just about the fact how in uh, Hebrews chapter four and verse 12, it talks about the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And my buddy and uh, and me were talking about just how the word of God is so different than any other book written by just your ordinary guy, you know, or girl, whatever the case may be, right? But it's a living word. It does something within you. It says it's a, it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You may have heard me mention that before. So you can just continuously read the Bible the rest of your life, continuously read it, and it'll speak to you. It'll speak to you your soul, it'll, it'll help you grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and help you grow in wisdom as well in regards to what is the Lord's will for your life. So anyway, reading verse one again, these also are the Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copy. It says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. So David, I'll ask you, what are your thoughts on that verse? It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search out a matter. What are your thoughts on that? Um, Yeah, just how you have the contrast, I guess you can say, you have the king of kings, who talks about God, and then you have earthly kings, and what makes... Um, earthly kings great is their heart and their wisdom um, and sort of what makes them intriguing. I know in Deuteronomy 29, 29, it talks about the secret things belong to the Lord, um, but the things revealed belong to us. And again, you know, it's kind of like 
people look to a king or a leader um, and say, oh, what do they think? And, you know, how are they going to discern this or that? Um, but, you know, Solomon, who wrote you know, most of these Proverbs, um, back in First Kings 3, uh, verses 16 through 28, um, it just talks about, it tells a story of Solomon where the two women uh, went to Solomon and there was this dispute over whose baby belonged to who. And, um, you know, Solomon uh, just said, okay, you know what, bring me a, bring me a sword. I'm going to cut the baby in half and give you each a half. And then one of them's like, sounds great. Yeah, let's do it. And then the other one's like, no, just give it to her, give it to her. You know, it's, and that's Solomon knew, hey, this is the real mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, with that said, um, the, the last verse of that uh, whole story in verse 28 says, all of Israel heard the judgment which the king had rendered, and they feared the king and saw that the king um, had wisdom of God. Uh, oh, I read that wrong. Uh, they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer judgment. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Like. No, that, that's good because that makes a distinction between the wisdom of God and the wisdom of men, is what you're pointing out. You know, the. Um, the wisdom of God is far greater. You know, it, it reminds me of Proverbs, what is it, 3, 5? Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. See, as mankind, you know, as people on the earth, as people that are created in the image of God, you know, created by God, of course we have the ability to think and to reason and to make decisions and all of that, but the Lord calls us to a place of faith. You know, he calls us to a place of trusting in him to where we're not leaning on our own understanding. And it's not about what we think is right. Because just like with the story you just told there, David, um, Solomon using his wisdom in that, um, you know, our opinions, a lot of times the things that we want to make decisions on are based on our own desires and we can't get past our own desires. Sometimes we don't know, well, we think this is best. We want this or we want that. We think this is the best thing for our lives and our lives when it really comes from really more of a lust than a need, you know, but the wisdom of God can cut into a matter and give you a different, you know, um, perspective on it. And that's what I'm talking about when we read the word of God, it gives us a different perspective. So, and I, and as I read this verse, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of Kings is to search it out there. This can also apply to us, even though we're not in a position of like a political leadership of something of a King, you know, in that type of position, but there are things in life that God has left to us. God has left, you know, here, figure it out. You know, he wants us to grow strong. He wants us to grow in wisdom. He wants us to grow in knowledge. But knowledge that is pure, wisdom that is pure, is based on things that are good, you know. So, um, but sometimes we have to seek it out. Sometimes we have to dig deeper into situations and circumstances in life that we're facing. And But one of the places that I always advise people is dig into the word of God first. Dig into there and find out, okay, what is it 
that I'm supposed to be doing here. And, and I'm telling you, this could be about a lot of decisions in your life. Where are you going to live? What you're going to do, you know, and where are you going to go? Where are you going to work? Your, your career and all of that kind of stuff. These are all things that you can trust in the Lord for. He cares about your daily life and you can seek him. Hello, Becky, joining us. She says, hi, Dave and David. Uh, Gary's here. It's uh, Gary's here watching from New Jersey. And then Isaac, I think you just joined in from Oregon, USA. That's all right. Better late than never. Good to have you back here again with us. So as the heavens, verse three goes on, let's move on. As the heavens for height and the earth for depth, so the heart of kings is unsearchable. So obviously keep in mind here that this was written by Solomon, who is a king, and he realized that he was in a position in his life, where, and that's why, that's why he got wisdom in the first place, was he was gonna be in a position to lead God's people, the children of Israel. And he took it seriously. And, he, and when the Lord said, you can have what you wish, he said, give me wisdom to lead your people. So now, but then God said, not only will I give you wisdom, but he's also, he also gave him wealth. And Solomon became one of the wealthiest men of all time. But Solomon was in this position to lead God's people. And there was a lot to ponder, a lot to think about. So when he says the, the, the heart of kings is unsearchable, there's a lot on their plate. There's deep things within their minds. And, and, you know, he says, and he's comparing it to just a great height, the heavens above and the earth, the depth of the earth. You know, there's so much in there, he was saying. And sometimes we may feel like that, right? As we go through life, we, we figure, we find that maybe, um, you know, something, we've got a million things on our mind. We got a lot of things on our plate. We're going through things. We're struggling with this or that. We may have physical pain in our bodies. We may have financial issues, you know, familial issues, all these different kind of things, right? And it gets kind of deep for us. But the good news is, and what Solomon does in the Proverbs and what the whole Bible is going to do is point you to God in that. Take away the dross from silver, verse four says, and it will go to the silversmith from jewelry. Verse five, take away the wicked from before the king and his throne will be established in righteousness. So you see, take away the dross. In other words, make something beautiful, make a beautiful piece of jewelry. And also if you take away the wicked from before the king, you're gonna have righteousness, established in righteousness. Any thoughts on that, David? Um, so you can cross-reference Proverbs 14.34. It says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Uh, bad mm -hmm. company corrupts good morals. Like 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. So, you know, if you want to be ex um, enthroned in righteousness, as this is talking about for a kingdom, um, then, you know, you got to get rid of the wicked people. and uh, don't associate with them. Surround yourself with mm -hmm. righteous people who, you know, build you up and give you truth and wisdom. Yeah. And that's that's especially crucial, I think, for young folks. Don't you think, you know, teenagers and uh, who they're being influenced by, who they're hanging around with, uh, like the verse you quoted, that bad company corrupts good morals. And um, yeah, it is important. 
It is important who you surround yourself with and what you do in life. And, you know, when it talks about taking away the dross from the silver and the wicket from before the king, we're supposed to get rid of those type of evil situations in our lives is too, you know, too as well. Um, it's true even in your career, your work life, I think, right? What you do, your vocation or, you know, your your life with your, your family, you know, how you're raising up your children, you know, um, you, you want to create a situation or set of circumstances where you've got good things around you. And, you know, as a good parent, you're going to want to do that with your children as well. Kevin is also another... Kevin Jr. here is watching watching from New Jersey. Hello, Kevin. Thank you for joining us. And uh, feel free to jump in, David, anytime before I move on or anything you have to say. But uh, let's, verse six, do not exalt yourself in the presence of the king and do not stand in the place of the great. For it is better that he say to you, come up here, than that you should be put lower in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen. David, any comments on that? Um, Proverbs just, you know, teaches us before honor is humility. Um, and I think that's kind of what this verse is highlighting in a sense. Um, you know, if you're humble, you have the ability to be exalted. You know, if, if you go in and say, oh, I'm up here, then a lot of times nowhere to go up, but they, you know, you go down there. Um, uh, I know first Peter says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the Bible also says promotion doesn't come from the East or from the West. It's from the Lord. So, you know, just work hard, be humble and uh, God will put you where you need to be. And uh, that's kind of all my thoughts on that one. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, that's good. And, you know, the Bible calls us to that throughout the Bible, you know, um, to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, like David said, and he will lift you up. You know, it's a lot of people, and you look at society today, and, you know, it's just kind of funny to me sometimes I think about this. Um, like, you know, you see a guy score a touchdown in football, for example, and then he does his dance and he does all that. I've often thought about like in my delivery business, like doing a delivery. And then when I finish the delivery, going into the gritty or, you know, <laughs> or doing, doing something when it's really, I'm just doing my job. I'm just making a living. I'm doing my job. You know, the old saying, act like you've been there before, right? You don't need to, uh, you don't need to exalt yourself, you know. That's what I liked about just speaking of football now. You know? That's what I liked about a guy like Larry Fitzgerald. You know, he scored a touchdown and he handed the, he handed the football to to the ref. That was about it. The only time you see him jumping up and down in excitement is when one of his teammates did things. And you know, that's the kind of life like the words telling us. That's what the Lord calls us to. Okay, is um, you know that we let the Lord do his work in and through us. We don't need to exalt ourselves. We don't always need to be heard. You know, um, Proverbs chapter 17, I did a, a teaching recently and, um, you know, in the description of it, I just called it shut your lips because there's so many times and, and the Bible definitely teaches us you know, to be humble and to be quiet rather than to exalt yourself. So verse eight, do not go hastily to court for what will you do in the end when your neighbor 
has put you to shame. So really, you can apply this to a lot of things in life, in my mind, in terms of doing anything, you know, without thinking about it, you know, um, not putting thought into something, not planning something, just rushing in, right? Is the saying fools rush in or something like that, right? Um, you, you can be very... Um, foolish if you don't think things through. You can be put to shame. Isaac says, um, I was confused at first, but that football example really does help understand verse six and seven. Good. Good. Um, debate your case. Verse, uh, did you have any comments on that, David? Eight. Uh, no, not really. Okay, so debate, debate your case with your neighbor and do not disclose the secret to another, lest he who appears, or excuse me, lest he who hears it expose your shame and your reputation be ruined. So here again, it's better to shut up. It's better to be quiet rather than to go spread things around, to run your mouth. A word fitly spoken, verse 11 says, is like an apple apples of gold in a setting of silver. Picture like what I picture when I read that verse is like um, a table, you know, that's adorned with a centerpiece on the table. Um, and the container is silver here, right? It's a set all and all the placings around it and everything on the table is silver, but there's like an apple of gold right in the middle. In other words, it stands out. It's the best thing to do. This looks the best right here. This is what appears to be best. And that is, and it says in verse 11, a word, that's what a word fitly spoken is like. So in other words, going back to what we read, you're thinking about what you say. Jesus said from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So we, and really, you know, if our heart is bitter, our heart is angry, our heart is not right on a certain day, and we run our mouth, we're going to be causing a lot of harm. We're going to be causing a lot of pain to other people. But when we keep, you know, and say, you know, let me, let me speak the right word here. And sometimes it's just as simple as saying, hey, look, I'm in a bad mood. Better not, better off not to talk to me today, <laughs> no. or whatever the case may be. I remember I used to drive to work with a guy. We used to go to work real early in the morning, and um, you know, before sunup, way before sunup, and and uh, I am not a morning person. Okay, and I tell, I told him before we ever even start carpooling, don't talk to me, don't even talk to me on the drive to work. Because I don't have nothing to say and I'm not in a good mood, you know, first thing when I wake up. So my wife used to like to come in the room, you know, on a Saturday, open the shades when I'm sleeping in and saying, rise and shine. Oh, I'm about ready to throw her out the room. <laughs> you know, that's not me. But anyway. Proverbs uh, 15, 23 says, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season, how good it is. Yeah. Amen. And feel free, again, all of you, feel free to comment or, um, you know, ask any questions about what we're talking about or just give some input or whatever. Verse 12, like an earring 
of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise build a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. So this speaks to someone that just needs instruction, someone that might need guidance, somebody that needs correction. And if somebody is wise in the way that they're going to rebuke somebody, um, and then an obedient ear, someone that wants to learn, that wants to grow from a certain situation or circumstance, if they're wise, they're going to want to hear the wisdom of someone else. And they're going to have an obedient ear, meaning they're going to respond in an obedient way. They're going to say, oh yeah, I need that's what I need to do. This is what I need to change. This is what I need to think about. This is the direction that I need to go. Again, you know, if, if I were to talk about all the different circumstances in life that these verses apply to, we'd be here for hours upon hours upon hours. But you can think about these circumstances, the circumstances in your life as we're reading them and, and say, you know, how can I apply this to my life? But so anyway, it's saying it's like an earring of gold and an ornament, you know, just something that looks pretty, right? When, you, when you're, when you're uh, someone that needs correction, needs instruction, needs rebuke, and we all need that from time to time, right? We all fall short. And we need somebody to come along in our lives sometimes to help us and to guide us. And it's a good thing when someone comes along and they do it in a wise way. In other words, they're not cutting you down. They're not putting you down. They're, they're doing it in a wise way, you know, in a way that is, uh, what is that? Uh, Proverbs 15, one, a soft answer turns away wrath, you know, doing it with kindness. Yeah, yeah, my wife said the Lord does chasten us in our lives. He corrects us. Isaac, Isaac Chapel in Oregon says, I'm not exactly a morning person either. I'm there with you, brother. Like the cold of snow in a time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him, for he refreshes the soul of his masters. You know, we, like I said, we've been going through some cold weather here and uh, it's just when you do go outside in that crisp air and I'm talking about 50 some degrees now, that's what, when I say cold weather too, you know, if I go outside and it's like 51 degrees and I got my ski jacket, no, I'm just kidding. But, you know, I'm, I'm going out and you get that, that crisp air, you know, it's just... It's, it's refreshing, and this, this is saying that that's what a faithful messenger is like. Again, someone that's going to come along in your life and give you something good, give you something wise, that word fitly spoken that it talks about in verse 11. They're going to help you, and that's what we should be. You know, We should be edifying and encouraging to one another rather than putting each other down. And sometimes even in uh, familial relationships, you get hard heartache and division and fighting and all of that kind of stuff because someone just wants to speak a nasty word. They don't want to speak that, that apple of gold in a setting of silver, you know, and God through the word of God, the Lord wants us speaking kindness, you know, and being people that are encouraging and edifying to one another and not cutting each other up. Verse 14, whoever falsely boasts of giving is like clouds and wind without rain. 
Any comments on that, David? Whoever falsely boasts of giving. Proverbs 20, 20, verse 6 says, Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Mm -hmm. Yeah, most people aren't afraid of boasting about themselves. Yeah, it becomes the number one topic in people is themselves, you know. And, uh, but this is speaking of like whoever falsely boasts of giving is like clouds and wind without rain. So no benefit to it if you're just a talker. Talk is cheap, right? Um, so by, by long forbearance, a ruler is persuaded, verse 15 says, and a gentle tongue breaks a bone. So by long forbearance, a ruler is persuaded and a gentle tongue breaks a bone. That kind of, to me, speaks to stick to right? Being persistent in something that you want to, that you want to achieve. You have a, you know, you have a, a cause, a, a righteous cause, a good cause, something you're trying to achieve that's good in your life, you know, and you've got to convince someone else to do something else to come along with you. Be gentle in the way that you speak. It'll soften them, you know, and long forbearance just speaks of persistence in life. Yeah, going, just going back to the last verse, I think maybe that's the uh, the origin of put your money where your mouth is. Maybe uh, yeah. Where that came from. Someone's like, <laughs> you talk about giving, but... Uh, yeah. No, but um, verse 15, um, yeah, long forbearance, a ruler is persuaded and a gentle tongue breaks a bone. Uh, kings and rulers don't get into their positions of importance by hasty and rash decisions. So, you know, if you want your position um, or petition rather to be considered, um, you know, it might take some time, um, some convincing here Solomon says, a gentle tongue breaks a bone. You're not going to win anyone over by annoying them. Um, you know, I kind of get the image of someone coming, persistently coming and saying peaceably, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about what I said or whatever? And, you know, you're not just like, hey, you're, you're an idiot if you don't do this or that. You know, it's just the um, persistence there. And a small drop of water can erode hard surfaces. Mm-hmm. Yep. And <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know if you heard my wife, um, but she said, "Is that like? Is that talking about nagging? Like, in other words, you think something good can come out of nagging?" No, I like, no, it's like a drip that constantly. <laughs> yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah, that can that can apply that way too. You know, you can annoy the heck out of somebody, you know, by keep on <laughs> persisting on one thing over and over and over again. Yeah, but but kind of this is more leaning toward what good can be accomplished out of a situation through persistence, you know. And really, in, in everyday life, no matter what you want to achieve in everyday life, you've got to put forth the effort. You've got to put forth the effort. You got to step up and you, you got to, 
put in the work. You got to put your hand to the plow, you know. I mean, obviously, I'm quoting something there from Jesus when I say put your hand to the plow, which is speaking more of something more spiritual and more deep. But I'm saying as we read the Proverbs here, you know, these these things, if you really take time to meditate on these sayings and, and you kind of evaluate yourself, look where you are in your own life, you know, and say, okay, what do I need to do? You know, a lot of people want to change. Whatever the case may be, I mean, their their job, where they live, their weight, you know, how much they weigh, whatever, you know. And if we sit around and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and don't put forth the effort to do something, well, then nothing is accomplished. We have to be, we have to have that, like I said, that stick where we stay um, persistent um, in what we do. So verse 16 says, have you found honey? Eat only as much as you need, lest you be filled with it and vomit. So what saying comes to mind there? Anything, Chubb? So a lot of times you think exactly the way I do. So um, before I say something. I, I just think it's a general rule, you know, something might be good, but too much of it can ruin you. Yep. Yep. Too much of a good thing. Too much of a good thing. Exactly. Um, I, yeah. Let me see. Let me read. Isaac has a question about verse 17. Let me read verse 17. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house, lest he become weary of you and hate you. And Isaac says, verse 17 is concise and blunt to the point. He says, would this contradict the golden rule of loving your neighbor? Not really in the context of what we're reading here in the whole chapter, you know, um, seldom set foot. And, and when you tie this back to what Solomon was talking, remember, this is a man, Solomon, who is writing this to his son. Okay. And what we have in this particular chapter was the men of Hezekiah copied it down and, and wrote it here. That's where this, the source of this comes from. But it came from Solomon originally writing to his son. But in talking about and seeing in this chapter here, um, talking about humility, you know, not boasting, not lifting yourself up, and then tying that in with verse 17 of seldom setting foot in your neighbor's house. Let yourself be invited, you know, um, let it be a situation, let it be a circumstance in your life where people, you know, they, they love your presence, they love you around, where you're not constantly, you know, in their face when they need privacy or whatever the case may be. And when you read the Proverbs, you really kind of got to discern that too. What, what's the whole context of everything we're talking about here? So no, it really wouldn't, you know. Uh, you know, I, I can love my neighbor, care for my neighbor, be there for my neighbor, you know, at any time, but I don't have to, you know, set foot in their house every day, you know, to do that. So that's kind of, like I say, staying within the context of it all here. But great question. It's like practical, another practical verse like the last one, but, you know, if you just keep showing up at your neighbor's house and like, hey, what you got to eat over here? Let's watch TV. Let's <laughs> use your things. Let's, you know, that can that can get annoying, you know, and I don't know. I yeah. just kind of see this one. It's pretty practical. Um, we, uh, funny story kind of, um, we, we had some friends bring us some dinner last night because we recently had a baby. And so, you know how it is. Got to clean up the house. Got people coming over. And so, um, 
the thing was they just uh they just dropped the food off they they stopped in for um our friend stopped in for a couple minutes and the family didn't end up coming with him and uh and then so then he left and and my daughter kayla's like oh we cleaned the house for nothing <laughs> <laughs> no that's not how that works <laughs> i guess it says yeah. says some things about us though um but anyway <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, that's you know, funny. Going up at your neighbor's house, they they might feel the need to like, oh, I gotta, I gotta do this or that because so and so keeps coming over. Or I gotta keep up this appearance or something. But I gotta I lock the door. door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get a ring camera. Yeah. Put up a no soliciting sign for my neighbor. Yeah, that would be not loving your neighbor though, right? <laughs> Yeah, so verse eight. on the flip side, it's, you know, I, I think the verse is, like I said, is very practical. It's like, don't be that guy. <laughs> right. On the flip side, it's, you know, have the hospitality, you know, if they come over and try not to be annoyed and, and you know, share the right. love and the gospel with them. But, yeah. Amen. So, amen, verse um, 18, amen, who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. So that speaks to no good. Nothing can good, nothing good can come out of somebody lying about someone else, you know, bearing a false witness about your neighbor. So that would speak to the opposite of loving your neighbor, you know, of course, which is something that Jesus preached when Jesus came along. And, um, but yeah, even like David, you're using the word practical. That's something good to keep in mind as we read the book of Proverbs, that it is very practical. I mean, there are things said that like, like Isaac that you point out, you pointed out, uh, are very concise and very blunt. That's the truth. That's the truth. And, but that's what we need. And we definitely need more truth in our world today because we live in a time where a lie spreads around the country so fast spreads around the world so fast and as soon as the, the news for example puts it out there everybody's believing it you know let's go buy toilet paper you know let's you know there's going to be a shortage of toilet paper let's go buy it you know or whatever lies spread around and we've got to have wisdom and we've got to have discernment in the way that we live our lives and that comes back to faith that comes back to trusting in the Lord. When you're trusting in the Lord as your provider, when you're truly yielding your life to the Lord completely and you're trusting in Him, well, then you know He's going to supply all of your needs. God will supply all of your needs by His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You know, He tells us to consider the birds of the air, consider the lilies of the field. Look how God takes care of all of these things. And he cares for us so much more. So I don't know how I got off on that little tangent right there. I lost myself on that one. But anyway, yeah, what's that? So I was going to add, a man who bears false witness is like a club, a sword, a sharp arrow. So what does a club do? It smashes things. What does a sword do? It's, you know, two-edged, sharp. It cuts. Um, and uh, and a sharp arrow, you know, it pierces its pierces. target. Um and so essentially it's that's what your tongue is if you're a false witness and the bible says the power uh, life and death is in the power of the tongue mm -hmm. um, so yeah it just can be 
heavy, you know, choose your words wisely and yep. bear false witness. <laughs> and again, going back and staying within the context, going back to verse 11, based on what you just said, David, a word fitly spoken. It's like an apple of gold in a setting of silver. Yep, exactly right. Choosing your world, choosing your words wisely. No reason to cut down anyone else. Well, what good do, comes out of cutting down, cutting up someone else? You know, uh, like you said, piercing them or smashing them or tearing them apart. You know, it's not what it's not what God has for us. It's not the life that He wants us to live. Again, He wants us to edify and to build each other up. You know, verse nineteen: confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joint. You've all had a bad tooth. Hopefully you never had a foot out of joint. Um, but I can imagine that's not good. I can imagine that's pretty painful, right? So, and it's, it's kind of neat how Solomon uses these things to contrast one another. It's like having confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble. I mean, we all know people like that, right? We all know that, that well, I'm just not calling this guy. <laughs> I need help in this, but he's not reliable. She's not reliable, whatever the case may be. And we also know, oh, you know, there's this person that is reliable, someone I can trust in. So we, we want to look at this and what we want to learn and, and, and apply to our lives from a practical standpoint is which one of these people do we want to be? Are we going to be that faithful person? You know, or are we going to be that unfaithful person? What do you like to your friends? What do you like to your family members, to your mother, to your father, to your sister, to your brother, whatever the case may be? Are you faithful? You know, are you there for them? Um, verse 20. Or did you have any comments on that, David? No, just can't okay. be trusted, really. Yeah, it's about it. Yeah. Like one who takes away a garment in cold weather, verse 20 says. And like, you know, like if you take away my ski jacket on a 55 degree day, <laughs> Uh, that wouldn't be good, right? No, I'm just joking. But like one who takes away a garment of cold weather and like vinegar on soda is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. Now, see, this is speaking, um, you know, when someone's got a heavy heart, you might think singing songs to a heavy heart is good, but not if it annoys them, you know? Um, so when you have a heavy heart from waking up too early in the morning and mom <laughs> Rise and shine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's not a good song. <laughs> it's That's true. Who what was it? I was talking to somebody. Go ahead. What are you going to say? Oh, I was talking to somebody recently. Um, oh, somebody had died, you know, situation. Someone lost a loved one. And, you know, a couple weeks into it, someone told him, you just need to get over it. You know, Um there's got to be compassion in what you do. There's got, you know, sometimes, it, like I said, it's good to just be quiet, to just have, be in the presence of someone else and comfort them when their heart is heavy or when they're going through something. But sometimes you, you have to use discernment to figure out, okay, what is the right thing to say here? What is the right thing to do in this situation, in this circumstance, right? So verse... Uh, 21, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. This reminds me of Jesus, right? Same type of thing that Jesus taught here, right? Love your enemies, 
pray for those who persecute you, who despitefully use you and all that kind of stuff, right? That's what this is talking about here. Yeah, Paul quotes these verses in Romans 12, verse 20, and goes on to say in verse 21, do not overcome, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. Um, I've, I know in the past I've looked up what it meant by heaping coals, you know, heaping hot coals on someone's head. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, in the Western world here, we're like, oh, that's a, that's probably a bad thing. You know, you're going to burn them or something. What's that about? Um, but I guess historically what people would do is, um, I mean, they really use coals for a lot of things to, to warm up their houses and to cook their food and whatnot. And so they'd go travel to, to get the coals, to go gather them, and then they put them on the basket and carry them home on their head. Um, and so it's saying, you know, uh, what verse was this again? Um, 21. 21. So, yeah, you know, if your enemy's hungry, give him bread to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. Um, and the Lord will reward you. Um, and so, essentially, you know, you're doing a good thing for someone who doesn't like you. Jesus said the world, they hated him, they're going to hate us. So, um, God will... Uh, you know, what's what's the verse? I'm drawing a blank. Um, avenge. Uh, oh, God! Vengeance is mine. Vengeance is vengeance. Vengeance is mine. Says the Lord, I will repay. So you know, in this life, you know, you know, feels good to get even, um, but uh, that's not up to us. You know, and that's that's not, you know, a good look as they say, for the gospel, because, um, you know, it, it, we're called to serve. Jesus was the servant of all. And if we're serving others and we already know that people are going to hate us because they hate our master, um, you know, it's, it's good to just do good things for them in Jesus' name. And it's not like, hey, I'm doing this good thing for you. I really can't stand you. I hate you. It's like, no, right. God loves me. I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Um, I'm not the most lovable person, but this is what God did for me, Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, and I'm going to serve you and whatnot. So, but yeah, anyway, I remember looking that up and it's just like doing good for somebody else and it's helping them with their basic survival, you know, because they need food and and warmth and whatnot to stay alive and survive the cold and whatnot, but. Yep, amen. I just put this comment on a screen. I think everybody can see it. Isaac's, you know, Isaac's clearly joking here, but he says, verse 20 is, is clearly nonsense, you know, about singing songs to heavy heart. He says, Disney, Disney sing-alongs cure anything. <laughs> I think they're pretty annoying. Um, <laughs> but anyway, just kidding. Thanks for the comment, Isaac. Um, let's see here. Where are we? Verse... Um, you know what? I've got a hang now and I keep biting it. And you know what's annoying is my wife keeps going to her, stop that. Stop. <laughs> I don't care. I don't have no shame. What you see is what you get, right? You're keeping it real. <laughs> For so, verse 22. Actually, verse 22 is part of verse 21. So if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. 
And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head, and the Lord will reward you. So, David, you jumped ahead of me on that one. Okay, now we are. Verse 23. I got behind, actually. The north wind brings forth rain, and a backbiting tongue and angry countenance. Here again. That's not a word fitly spoken. If you're going to be a backbiter, you know, and you're going to use your tongue wrong, you're going to, you know, just stir up trouble, um, it's not going to be good. Again, we see that throughout the Proverbs, you know, being wise with our words and the things that we say. It is better to dwell. Oh, here's a great verse, right? (laughs) Don't look at me. Just kidding. It is better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. Now, of course, that would be just as true on the flip side, right? Uh, it's better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious man. Anybody contentious, you know? It, again, this is not what the Lord calls us to. It's not what the spirit of the Lord will lead us to. It not we're not going to be like that if we're we're being led by the spirit. And again, what's the fruit of the spirit? Love, peace, joy, patience, goodness, faithfulness, kindness, self-control, right? These are the good things of the Lord. So you you're going to tear down your house. You're going to drive people away. You're going to tear apart your family. That's really what this is speaking speaking of, just driving people out of the house where they just want to get away from you. If you are a contentious person, they don't want you around and they're going to want to be away from you. As uh, one nine similar verse, better to dwell on the corner of a house top than in a house shared with a contentious woman. Mm-hmm. Cast out the scoffer and contentions will cease. Is that what the Bible says? Strife. Yep. Yeah. Yep. As cold water to a weary soul, so is good news from a far country, right? So any type of good news. We all love good news, right? We all love hearing good things. We all love hearing good reports. We all love hearing, you know, a situation far off is taken care of, a family member far off is doing well or is recovering or is doing better. Again, the Bible is just constantly pointing us to that, which is good. That's why we read in Philippians that whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely of good report, think on these things. The Bible is constantly focusing us back on speaking good things, thinking good things, doing good things. The choice is yours. You can submit to it. You can commit your life to it. Or you can continue to be that person that drives people away from you and you got an angry tongue, you're a backbiter, you're cutting people up, all that kind of stuff. But that's not the kind of things that the Lord wants us to do. Verse 26 says um, that a righteous man who falters before the wicked is like a murky spring and a polluted well. So this speaks of somebody that gives in to evil, you know, somebody that, I mean, you, a lot of these things too, you can really look at from some of our political leaders, right? Maybe they get voted into office for something and you think they're good. You think they're going to do something good. You think they're going to stand for righteousness, but then they cave. 
they cave into wickedness. They cave into the evil of the world and things going around. It's like a murky spring in a polluted well. You know, it's just a, a bad thing. Verse kind of also, uh, um, you know, pastors or whatnot who might get caught up in this or that. And then the world's like, aha, I gotcha. You know, we can right. run our news stories and whatnot because, oh, you're supposed to be this or that because, you know, you're a Christian. So, you know, that's what comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely good point. And, you know, pastors and teachers, you know, they're going to be held more accountable to the Bible says in the day of judgment. Um, verse 27, it is not good to eat too much honey. So to seek one's own glory is not good. Again, just look how Solomon in his wisdom does these play on words and compares one thing to one thing and then compares it to another thing, right? So it's not good to eat too much honey. So to seek one's own glory is not glory. In other words, there's no real glory in boasting about yourself or, you know, trying to lift yourself up. And that goes back to what verse 16 talking about talks about the honey. Don't eat too much. All right. Yeah. And the final verse here, verse 28 is um, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls, a city broken down without walls. When I read that, it's corruptible. It can be attacked. It can be destroyed. It has no foundation. It has no structure. You know, when the enemy rises up and comes against a city like that, there's no hope. There's no protection. And this says one, whoever has no rule over his own spirit, that's what they're like. And that would be the bottom line. And it's a good bottom line here in this chapter is, again, who are you internally? Who are you on the inside of you? Are you a person that is an angry person? Like I said, are you a person that's a backbiter? Or are you a person that's going to be speaking good things, encouraging other people around you, doing what's good? It, it comes from within you. It comes from who you are spiritually. And you really only set yourself up for your own destruction when you're exalting yourself, when you're trying to seek your own glory, when you're trying to step on others, when you're trying to prove yourself is right, when you're trying to get in the last word. Yeah, Isaac says self-control is also a fruit of the Spirit too. Amen. So, you know, you know, keeping yourself in order. And the Bible tells us in Corinthians, it says to examine ourselves as to whether we're in the faith. Because like David bringing up that, you know, like a pastor who caves in and, and does the wrong thing. He's professing one thing on the stage, but he's living a different way behind the scenes. You know, all of that's going to be revealed. There's none, none of that sin is, is going to be hidden right? But it really shows who the guy really is or who the lady really is, whatever the case may be internally, who they are on the inside. And Solomon here in his writing says, it's like, 
there's nothing good that can come out. It's a city broken down without walls and your life will crumble. Your life will fall apart. If you're not based on, if your life's not based on something solid, a good firm foundation. And that's the, the reason for this ministry. We point you to the word of God. We exhort you. We encourage you to be in the word of God yourself. Here's what we did. We spent so far, wow, 57 minutes. So we're coming up on an hour but just one hour of time chatting about the Bible, chatting about the word of God. It would take you far less than that to read this chapter on your own and to think about it, how you can apply it to your life. Is your life today like a city broken down? I'm talking about, again, who you are spiritually, who you are internally. Is your life something that's broken down or are you firm? Because there is no other foundation that, that can be laid that's a strong foundation, that's a firm foundation other than having Christ in you, the spirit of the Lord within you, working within you and guiding you and speaking to you on a daily basis and speaking to you through the written word of God. So you can apply the word of God to your life and you can have guidance and direction through this life. You can have wisdom through this life. These are all the things that God wants you to have and that he's offering to you and that he gives to you in writing here in the Bible. But, you know, are you going to have that obedient ear like we read about earlier in one of the verses we read? Are you going to have that obedient ear that says, yeah, I'm going to be obedient to the Lord and what he has for me? for us. Proverbs so, 15.32 says, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit better than he who takes a city. So that ties into, you know, that last verse. Um, but also I think it ties in as well to verse 26, which talks about a righteous man who falters. Um, you know, we all sin, we all fall short of the, the glory of God. Um, with that said, it's important to fight the flesh, to try not to give in to that sin, not only for the sake of your own soul, but also for the sake of the gospel. Because like the verse says, um, it's talking about a righteous man who's faltering. And, and those on the outside, you know, they, they look at us from a distance. They look at Christians from a distance and, uh, and they say, you know, something different about them or... Uh, I'm just waiting to see where they mess up or how they mess up. Oh, aha, I knew it, you know, but yeah, for the sake of the gospel, it, you know, it's talking about in Proverbs 16:32, he who rules his own spirit, um, you know, doesn't act out of pocket, you know, get angry and, and, uh, and just ruins their witness. Um, you know, for salt and light, what good is salt if it loses its flavor? Amen. Yeah, and I put it on the screen. I don't know if you all caught that, but, you know, Michael says, uh, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And that's a wonderful song based on a wonderful scripture, you know, um, where the Lord is, and, and the Lord says, what the Lord says about that is it's those who hear his word hear his commands and do what he says. 
you know, that's, that's what the Lord says that that person that is built on that firm foundation, that solid rock. So to be built on Christ does not just mean, oh yeah, I profess faith in Christ. No, your faith in Christ means that you're, you're being obedient to his command as the Lord says. And he says, that's the person that's building his, his life upon that rock, as opposed to the person who's building their house upon the sand. And when the wind, like that, that city, um, the city, the broken down city without walls, nothing to protect it. And when your life is built upon that sand, you don't have that firm foundation in your everyday life where as a spiritual person, as who you are internally, you're a person that is seeking the Lord and fixing your eyes on Jesus as the author and the finisher of your faith. If you don't have that in the sense that you are being obedient to the commands of the Lord, then you're going to crumble. You're going to fall. You're going to falter. You know, and going back to verse, uh, using that word falter there goes back to verse 26 of what we just read. A righteous man who falters before the wicked is like a murky spring and a polluted well. Okay, so how do we get there? How do we get to that place where we've got that firm foundation? Well, we come there by faith. We come by faith. We come to Jesus by faith. And we just say, Lord, And, you know, I'm not going to give you the the exact way in your own heart to do this, but it looks something like this. It's that person that comes and says, you know, that they're, they're a repentant person. There's someone that says, you know what, I've done it my way my whole life. It's all been my way. But, but my eyes are being open. And maybe if you're listening tonight and you've listened this far, especially into this teaching here tonight, and, you know, then you're somebody that the Lord is pricking at your heart. He's knocking at the door of your heart and he wants to come in, but you have to open it up. You have to open up your heart and say, yeah, I'm done with me. This is not about me anymore. I realize that I'm wretched. I realize that I fall short in my inward man, spiritually in who I am. And I need Christ and every soul needs Christ. Everybody needs Christ. Why? Well, because there's no other name given under heaven whereby men can be saved. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. So it all comes through faith in Jesus Christ. This is the way that God provided. In God's grace, he gave us his only begotten son. What do we do? We have to believe on him. Why? So that we won't perish, so that we'll have everlasting life. But not only will we have everlasting life, we'll also have an abundant life in this day and age, because that's what Jesus promised. He says, speaking of the thief, speaking of the enemy, speaking of the prince of the power of the air, the ruler of this present darkness, this world in which we now live, where it's fallen and sinful and evil. He says that he, the thief, comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come so that you might have life and life more abundantly. And I'm telling you, there's life, abundant life in Jesus Christ. There's hope in Jesus Christ. There's peace. There's joy because the spirit of the Lord will come in you if you'll surrender your life to him and say, yes, I'm not going to be this person we see so much in Proverbs here, this fool, this disobedient person. I want to become this person that is obedient to the Lord. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart, and I'm going to lean not on my own understanding. And in all of my ways, that is in everything I do, whether I'm at work, whether I'm at the grocery store, whether I'm at home with my wife, whether wherever I am, in all of my ways, I'm going to acknowledge him. And what does that Proverbs promise? That he'll direct our paths. 
He'll direct our paths. We're just passing through. Life is but a vapor. It appears for a short time. We're all on our way through this life. We all have the same place we're going in terms of going to the grave, that is, in this this life that we now have. But what, what can happen when we trust in the Lord is we will pass from death to life, right? We'll be absent from the body and we'll be present with the Lord someday. But again, putting that aside for a minute, that that point where we're going after this life, where we're going after this life, in this day and age, in the here and now, right? In the present time, you can have joy. You can have hope. You can have peace. And it comes from something within you. And that is that trusting from within your heart, trusting in the Lord and giving your life completely to him. Amen. Amen. So we've covered a lot of scriptures here tonight, and we've spent about an hour and six minutes on here. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening. Pam Nelson, watching from Williamsburg. Thank you. Pam says, amen. Amen. Yeah, does anybody, uh, before we go off the air here, and again, I do have a little bit of delay, anybody have any um, prayer requests? Uh, my brother Kevin in Gettysburg says great work tonight by both of you have a great week and fly Eagles fly <laughs> Isaac says amen yep so I know we got a bunch a bunch of Eagles fans out there and uh, we'll see what happens I guess as far as that's concerned but yeah, if you do have any prayer requests, I'll, I'll go ahead and about to shut this down here in just a minute. But if you do have any prayer requests, you can contact me directly via email, dave at aloveoutreach.com. You can also go to our website, aloveoutreach.com. You can fill out the contact form. You can find all of our teachings on there uh, in audio and in video format on the website. Or you can, like I said, find us on um any podcast platform, pretty much every podca podcast platform, we're out there. And of course, we're here on YouTube and uh, we're also on Facebook, though, as I mentioned, I'm not much for posting on Facebook. I don't do too much on there. Uh, let's see. Good night, Dave. David and Penny, Becky says, good night, Becky. Thank you for watching. Thanks, Dave and David. I could use prayer for a, a new course I have on abortion. I am learning. Um, Michael and Rachel says, good night from Pennsville. Gwen says, good night. Um, I'm assuming you're talking about, I could use prayer for a new course. I have on abortion, I am learning. So I'm assuming you're talking about something in one of your college courses. Isaac, I'll give you a minute just to make, give me some clarity on that. But uh, I'll go ahead and, and begin to go ahead and just close the night out here in prayer. And I'll look for your comment here, Isaac, uh, in regards to that. But let's just go ahead and close tonight in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, God, for who you are, God, and that you do care, Lord, that you do 
love us. You so love the world that you gave your only begotten son and you desire to reach out to us and you desire that we should know you. It is not your pleasure, Lord. You are not willing that any should perish, but you, you are willing and you are hopeful that all would come to everlasting life through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why by your grace, you offer Jesus. And we thank you for that, Lord. And I just pray for my own heart and for all of those that are listening to this audio or watching this video, Lord, that your will would continue to be done in our lives, Lord. For as your word says, he who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. And Lord, your word also says that it is you that works in us to will and to do of your good pleasure. And I pray, Lord, that all of us would yield to your good pleasure, to your will, Lord, being done in our lives. Lord, where it's not about us and we're not about exalting ourselves and promoting ourselves as we talked about tonight, Lord, but that we would just surrender completely to you, every aspect of our lives and our hearts. So, Lord, I do lift up Isaac and his continued learning and his classes and the things that he's doing, Lord. I pray for him and that as he requests prayer, Lord. May you guide and direct him in these steps in his life and the direction that he's taken in his life, Lord. Your will to be done in his heart and mind in that, Lord. But again, we just thank you, Lord. And we thank you that you are good and that you love us. And we thank you that you have not left us comfortless. You have not left us alone. You have given us of your spirit. So we love you, Lord, because you first loved us. And we thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, God bless everybody once again. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, as I say, whichever the case may be. And we will see you next time. I'll give you a chance to wave goodbye there, Dave. My screen changed a little bit for some reason here. But all right, we'll see you guys. God bless.